I'm a big believer that experience teaches. My goal with this show is to have guests to share their experience so that they can tell you what it's like, what they did right and what they did wrong. And I'm gonna share the same. Look, I'm not trying to regurgitate stuff you can find on the internet. I'm gonna tell you how it really is and what it's really like to own your own place. This is the National Restaurant Owners Podcast with your host, Kyle and Sarah. Welcome back to the National Restaurant Owners Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle and Sarah, and you guys know what I'm about to say, right? I'm going to say it anyway, because I have to say it. I have to say it. I have to say it. It keeps me going. It keeps you, you know, knowing what you're listening to. This is the number one and fastest growing podcast for independent restaurant owners in the country. I say it. I say it because it's true. And if this is your first time here, thank you. Thank you for joining us. This is a very special episode. Hopefully, this is going to be a big takeaway. because I love actionable takeaways on this show, and this is one of them. This is... Brendan Sweeney, he's the co-founder and CEO of Pop Menu. Pop Menu is the exclusive sponsor of this show. So you know that this is important. These guys are leading the innovation that you see and you hear about and you read about. Maybe you experience. Maybe you guys already have Pop Menu, which is awesome. Let me know in the comments. But they are at the forefront of this technology, this whole technology dynamic this whole technology situation, whatever the word is, they are, that's where they're at. And you're going to hear it when you hear Brendan talk about it. It's just, we need technology. It's not going anywhere, but you got to have the right technology. And he'll, he'll touch on this. And and we discussed this in the episode. It needs to make sense for your business. It needs to either one, make your life easier, more efficient, or, and, or not just, or, and, or needs to save you money, right? needs to make sense financially. I'm a huge fan you know, getting involved with Pop Menu, our relationship, this this partnership has been tremendous because I've learned so much about not only where they're at, but where they're headed. He touches on a couple of those things here. But I've mentioned this on, on previous episodes. I, with, with the restaurant, I could not stand when we missed the phone. That is one of the worst things in the world, right? Because you know how important that is. And they have statistics. I think it's like 40% of people who don't, pick up or, or don't get an answer on the restaurant side, they're not coming in. They're not going to use you for a reservation, for a catering, whatever their question was, they'll go someplace else where they can get the answer. 40% of them. That's a lot. That's a lot. So the pop menu answering is huge. It's got artificial intelligence, answers all the simple questions, but there's so much more with them. And he's going to touch on it in the episode. Plus, as you just heard, you're going to get 100 bucks off your first month. You're also going to get a locked-in rate, so it's not going to go up every couple months or every year. They're going to lock you in for a rate. Just go to popmenu.com slash owners, and they'll take it from there. All right, guys, check it out. This is Brendan Sweeney, the co-founder and CEO of Pop Menu. Look, everyone knows how difficult it's been for restaurants these last few years, right? And as an owner, you and your staff have been working harder than ever. Often that means trying to meet the demands of in-person hospitality can be extremely demanding. That's why I'm recommending to you Pop Menu Answering. Pop Menu Answering turns every restaurant phone call into an opportunity. It uses artificial intelligence to answer the simple questions that are tying up your phone lines. Like, can I make a reservation? Where are you guys located? Do you have parking? And over 50% of restaurant guests who call in are happy to have their questions answered by an automated system. 
Within the pop menu platform, you can customize answers for your restaurant and choose the voice your guests hear and even send follow-up links via text message. Pop menu answering picks up your phone 24-7, 365, allowing you and your team to focus on what matters most. And because you're a listener of this program, you can prevent lost customers and impress your guests with pop menu answering and at the same time, get a hundred bucks off your first month and lock in an unchanging monthly rate. All you need to do is go to popmenu.com slash owners. You're going to get your hundred bucks off the first month. You're going to learn all about what they have going on there and some other tools that you may be interested in. Popmenu.com backslash owners. All right, guys, welcome back to the National Restaurant Owners Podcast. We are joined today by Brendan Sweeney, the co-founder and CEO of Pop Menu, live from Atlanta. Thanks uh, for joining us this morning, Brendan. I appreciate it. My pleasure, Kyle. Thanks for having me. Excited to chat. Yeah, and we just discovered we're both Long Islanders. That's right. You know, turns out you don't have to have a tattoo to prove that. He's just <laughs> whipping out the names of towns and we're on the same page. It's um, funny. I, I was there last, uh, I was there a few months ago. And, uh, and even though I moved to Georgia years and years and years ago, all of a sudden I started, you know, talking a little bit different. <laughs> yeah, you do have there, a little but... bit of a Southern twang there. I did pick up on that. <sighs> um, so Pop Menu, I mean, you know, it's been around since 2016. You guys mm-hmm. currently have about 10,000 restaurants that you work with. Can you just give everybody just sort of like a high level overview of what pop menu is and how you guys got started? Absolutely. So yeah, end of, end of 2016. So December, 2016, we formed the company. We launched with our first client end of January, 2017. So we built the first version very quickly. That's because it was a simple idea. This, the, the idea was one that many people have had that's, Hey, PDFs and text in general, aren't the best way of putting your best foot forward as a restaurant. Hmm. Um, and, and we came from a consumer angle and from a, an internet product angle. I've, I've been doing internet product for a few decades and it would just seem so obvious. And it is, it is obvious that it's really, really hard to compare restaurants just by having pieces of text. And hmm. our, our kind of insider hypothesis early on was, Hey, there are all these third party platforms that we have to go to, to get the criteria we want to really compare restaurants. And, and the only reason we go to them is because we can't get it directly from the restaurant. So what, what Pop Menu started with was just this idea of a dynamic kind of very modern e-com-like menu experience. So mm. even before it was ordering and even just browsing, it feels like an e-com experience. And it has all the data we as consumers have been trained to look for when we make a dining decision, making any purchasing decision. So you got pictures in there, you got ratings, you got things like social validation. Yeah. Um, and so we started off that way and it was very easy. I wanted it to be very light. It was, hey, restaurant, take out that PDF, put in this JavaScript. Here's this menu experience done. And, and then we started to get to know restaurateurs. And, mm. and we're very much, we started off with independent full service restaurants. It's still the biggest segment of our client base by far. And we just built empathy with them, started to get to know their world, started to understand, hey, they haven't had great technology options and, and actually cobbling together a, a great kind of digital hospitality experience is near impossible, super costly, very complex. And so we just went on the journey of helping, you know, and, and so since then we've built so much product uh, into our platform, just trying to answer this request of, Hey, can you just, can you just give me as much in one place as possible and, and tie it all together and make it really performant. And so I can't answer that in a short way. So <laughs> no, the, don't, don't stop. Yeah. I mean, that's, 
I mean, I, I as a restaurant owner, a former restaurant owner, I say I'm a recovering restaurant owner. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah, my yeah. title. You know, so I, I, um, you know, I, I used to really annoy me all the different because I was, you know, 2008 to 2016 was really the the hot the heyday of my restaurant ownership career. Yeah. And at that time, there was so much technology getting thrown at us. You know, being told that we need to use like 10 or 15 different tools to run yeah. the business, rely on third party platforms to acquire customers. Can you just touch on how Pop Menu is helping to simplify all that, make it a little bit easier for everybody to digest their technology? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's the number one thing that kind of shocked us when we started really working with restaurateurs is just like, wow, you are, there's all these point solutions. And yeah. and and when we entered the market, there might, there might've been some players doing, you know, two or three things very tightly related in the, in the same area, but no one was doing like five, 10, you know, especially consumer facing. Yeah. Yeah. So what we found was there's hardly anything consumer facing. Everything was kind of POS, back office inventory, scheduling, stuff like that. Um, and when it was consumer facing, it was very much point solution and also very much aimed at enterprise chain franchise. It's like those technology companies, you know, tried to sell to independence, said this is really hard. Let me just sell to Applebee's and I'll be done. And, and so we just took that approach of, you know what, it's actually not that complex to market a business digitally these days. Hmm. It's just that those tools have to be suited for the restaurant use case, which is yeah. very, very, very different. And I, yep. I've, I've walked investors through this for years now that it's like, no man, it is not like selling Slack. It is not like selling monday.com. There's not someone in a cubicle who's raised and trained and educated on technology the whole time. And that's their number one thing. And they're out there looking for solutions. This is, we have to go meet them. We have to go face to face and we yeah. have to help them understand. And so I think, the number one reason we're able to deliver something that's meeting the needs of restaurants and, and meeting more and more of them more and more often is we just have a product mindset. And so you mentioned I'm a co-founder. Um, we have four founders and three of us are product technology, which is a little bit rare. Usually it's salespeople, yeah. you know, who get super fired up and start a company and then they're, you know, they're selling the dream and everything, but maybe the product part lags with us. Mm -hmm. It's always been, Hey, you can't sell it till it exists for the most part, you know, unless we're pretty close to doing it. Yeah. Um, but we take a real, hardcore product mindset, which means we spend tons and tons and tons of time with our users, with our owners, not just understanding, you know, hey, what do you think of this prototype? Or what do you think of this page? It's, hey, how does this whole thing fit into your life? And how do these pieces connect? And how can connecting them better make things simpler, you know, more yeah. cost effective? So I think our secret sauce has just been we took a very mature, developed product, internet product mentality to a space that hadn't benefited from that, um, especially on the consumer side. And yeah. we just iterated, iterated, iterated with great, great restaurant partners who are game. They're up for it. They're like, all yeah. right, you want to do it? You know, a lot of people have said they want to. Yeah. We're going to partner with it. Let's we're partner with you and let's let's see what you can do. And so we, we definitely wouldn't be here without having partnered with so many great restaurant owners. Yeah, and they're all they're also different, right? There's not like an umbrella approach to a lot of these guys. And particularly like, I think what's a great point is that you said there's not somebody basically for lack of a better word, I guess, expecting this technology, right? We They were just yeah. kind of sitting out there, you know, like, Hey, yeah, what, what do you got for us? Yeah. And then it quickly became overwhelming. And then when that happens, they shut it all down, right? They're like, forget all this, throwing the iPads out, throwing all this stuff out. It doesn't work. So I think that's an important thing to understand uh, that you guys understand actually is that this is not a blanket solution, right? Like, I mean, oh my God. There and, know, and know you guys and, and taking that time, I'm sure has been very valuable for your business and, and obviously very valuable for the restaurant owners. 100%. Uh, one of the things we talk about all the time is, hey, if there are a million restaurants 
in America, then there are a million ways that people mm. are doing hospitality. Because you don't get into hospitality to kind of just follow what everybody else says. You want to run your business your own way. You might be super high touch. You might be super high tech. And I think where restaurant technology has generally failed is just trying to force, you know, hey, we built this technology this way. You have to adapt. Yep. You have to train your team on it. Yeah, it might be totally different than anything you're used to. It might be really hard, might not fit well into your life, but here it is. Mm -hmm. And for us, we're on this constant journey where it's like we our solution should fit however you want to do hospitality. It's not binary. You know, it's not, hey, this is just on or off. It's like yep. dine-in, um, you know, contactless dine-in ordering is a great example of that, where I found pretty early a lot of uh, restaurateurs were like, mm, I, I want to give, you know, I want to give a certain level of hospitality. I want, I want it to be high touch. I want to take care of people. And it's like, don't you also want to use that patio or that section that you can't serve because you can't get enough labor to, to handle it? You know, the, the rent's still due on that area of the of the oh, restaurant yeah, too, totally. right? Yeah. So even though you'd prefer to have people there, maybe a Tuesday lunch, you just have a runner, you know, and you're doing the contact. And so people started to figure out, hey, there there are different ways you can do this. And for, for me, it's a big part of our mission is to help, you know, we have to get we have to come towards owners and make everything simpler and, and more able to fit into different ways of doing hospitality, but but then we also have to help them understand you know, Hey, here's, here's how this thing can work. And it's not all or nothing. And it's not, you can still run hospitality your way, regardless of how you use the technology. Yeah. I mean, that I think has been those types of owners who have a mindset of like, Hey, you know, like, Hey, maybe we don't need a server out here. We can do the handheld stuff. Those are the ones that I think, you know, through, you know, the last two years, which obviously was extremely challenging. The ones that managed to actually thrive were adapting their business that way. Right. Do you, do you, can you put your finger on, you know, just a handful of factors that separate those who outperformed versus those who kind of just struggled to keep their head above water or maybe even closed? Yeah, for, for sure. I mean, the number one thing is willingness, hmm. you know, and so agility is is willingness. And, and, and I think also so so a willingness to invest in not only implementing the technology, but like evaluating multiple as multiple, you know, tools or sources or even processes if you're willing to consider that there might be a more efficient way to do it, you're going to find a more efficient way to do it. Mm -hmm. And so that willingness to try things, you know, that it's funny, the, the, the restaurants that I've seen, I mean, I, I met an owner who, who's close to me in, in Atlanta uh, just a few months ago, and he's doubled revenue since COVID started. He actually wow. signed up for Pop Menu one month before COVID. And he's like, it's the first thing I thought about canceling. Wow. And I'm glad he didn't. And he said, you know, he's glad he didn't either, because all of a sudden it became super important to utilize all the tools we had for, for getting communication out efficiently. You know, when are you open? How are you changing your menu? Are you doing family packs? Are you including toilet paper? With You know, all those different things became so critical. And now he's at a point where he's double the revenue. And what's interesting is he's like, what else you got? You know, and yeah. so, yeah, and right. so I, I think that willingness to try because you're going to find things that help. You are going to find things that help. There's a lot out there and and it's it's an investment. It's not a cost. It's an investment in that time to evaluate it and to say, does this fit into my world? And 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 then it's what's next and, and not resting. So I think what's funny is the restaurants that seem to have done the best are starting to look a lot like startups mm. or a lot like software companies and that they're willing to iterate. Yeah. In a restaurant business is like a software company or like an internet company. Like it's not over. It's never over. You're just continuing. And yeah. so like when people freak out about how their site looks or something like that, it's like, we can always change it. Same with hospitality, right? Hey, if we try a new tool, we try working something in, it doesn't work great. We can always change it. And I think that mentality sets people apart. Oh yeah. 
because I mean the the industry has been plagued with this mindset of like this is we do it this way because that's the way we've always yeah. done it, which is a death. You know, that's a death trap, right? Like, I mean, that makes absolutely no sense. And it's it's crazy that the industry lasted. And a lot of these iconic restaurants, you know, still kind of yeah. do things that way. But they're getting by on food or some sort of other thing. But I think in general, yeah, you got to be the more able you are to adapt and change. I think, you know, I always say ego is the one that kills a lot of these restaurants. Right? Right. Like, I'm not taking these meatballs off the yeah. menu because they're my grandmothers yeah. and they're the best in the world. Well, maybe, you know, they're selling like 3%. Yeah, else. maybe it's time to take a look at those meatballs. One hundred percent. Ego is. I, I did a podcast recently, and we got into ego that it's like we try, try, try to keep it out of pop menu because in our corporate experience, it's like that's the that's the death of all good things is ego. Yeah. It's like just doing it because of pride or just doing yes. it because you know you don't have the data, but you have this feeling, you know. And it's yeah, it, it's also understandable for restaurants though in that you know you didn't get into it to be a business, you know, a hardcore business person. You didn't get into it to be a technologist. I can understand how some people are like, eh, that's, that's really hard to do. Unfortunately, it's kind of, it, what COVID did was it, you know, t t 10 years of progress or progress, 10 years of acceleration <laughs> of, of um, technology, you know, adoption in 10 weeks when that first happened. And, and, you know, now you can't deny it. It, it, yeah. it just has to be done, especially the labor shortage is so hardcore your only way of kind of making it through that is finding, is making your people you do have more efficient. The only way of doing that is really technology. You can do some process stuff for sure. And, and yeah. it's not all technology, but usually that's going to be your kind of big chunks. That's, I mean, that's interesting because I know that you guys, good to jump into that. I mean, you guys conducted a study in June that says that 59% of restaurants have reached pre-COVID levels or better, but half of the restaurant owners and operators said that they didn't have the staff to meet the demand this summer and a third are not operating at full capacity because they couldn't find workers. What, you know, what role can technology play really in helping to, to, to figure that out? Yeah, I, I think it's twofold. And I, I've talked to a lot of restaurant owners about this. Um, one is like I just said, you have to make your people more efficient. And I saw a stat, I, I want to say it was either right at the beginning of COVID or right before it, that was illustrating how inefficient restaurants are in terms of revenue generated per employee. And so at the time, and I, I got to check and see if the stats been updated, but, but at the time restaurants were generating 56,000 in annual revenue per employee hmm. while a convenience store was doing 450,000 per employee, totally different kinds of business. But the point still is there that it's like, wow, there's, you know, there's something in between that's probably a lot better for restaurant owners. Um, so I think the two things, how you handle the labor shortage are one, you, you make the, 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 you know, rare, precious human capital you are able to obtain, you are able to keep, you make them more efficient. And so like the contactless, you know, um, ordering is, is one of those things that you, you can make your team um, more effective with that. Your marketing can be way more automated. And so whether yeah. that's a contractor or an in-house person, you, you can make them way, way more efficient. Um, and so making them efficient, you know, is, is an end in and of itself. But, but then the other part is if you're, if you're labor in the restaurant space, you're going to where they have the best tools and they're going to make you the most efficient and they're going to make your job the easiest. You have some super clunky old point of sale that doesn't integrate with anything. That's not going to be as attractive, you know, to talent. And so that's mm. one of the things we've seen is, I mean, I'm of the belief the whole space is just getting way more professionalized with, with way more, um, you know, sophistication in the tech stack. 
and, and that is not to replace people. That's to make them better at giving hospitality. And I think on the other side of all this craziness, whatever, whatever other side of all this, craziness yeah, exactly. Is, whatever it is, I think it's a it's a way more uh, recognized professional career, like kind of like it is in Europe and, yep. and the UK, things like that. Um, I think people have better and better tools, and I think they kind of expect some of the some of the perks that that you know a, a technology company or a regular business would have. And they should. And how you pay for that is by increasing efficiency through technology. And you get, you know, you get some points of margin back through automating your your marketing, reducing your costs from those 15 tools, things like that. You can take some of that margin and put it towards making a better career for people. You get more loyalty. They stick with you longer. That that That's kind of how I see it working. Yeah. And, and, and you know, let's face it. I mean, the, the folks that own restaurants are slightly older, right? And the staff deals with technology a lot more frequently, maybe potentially um, statistically anyway, than probably the owner does. It can be frustrating to the, for them to deal with things that are outdated. And for yeah. sure, if you're more streamlined and efficient, it makes their life easier. I mean, I've seen it with my own two eyes. I mean, they don't want to deal with something that doesn't work. You know, they don't want to have to come in and punch the old, <laughs> the old, the old remember those paper, like, time cards they don't want yeah. to have to, you know they don't want to oh, do man. that that's probably one surefire way to make sure nobody wants to work with you yeah it, it, well, that, that brings me back to my busing tables for mexican restaurant days that old punch card oh god yeah you couldn't change those things though. They, they worked right there's a lot to be taken away from those oh i, I could never find a way to uh <laughs> i could never find a way to pad my hours let's let's say that <laughs> there's the old you had, to, you had to get somebody to punch in for you that was yeah yeah I was, never, I was never duplicitous enough for that. Uh, all right. Okay. I just, I just worked, I just worked all the uh, prep stations and everything. Hey, give me five bucks and I'll, I'll roll your silverware or I'll <laughs> frost your mugs or whatever. I was a, I was a hustler as a bar back and as a, as a uh, busser. Okay. Side note. Was this on Long Island? No, no, this is in Atlanta area. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I was like, I'd love to know that because my first restaurant job was in Jericho. On the, oh, nice. Like, uh, over Long Island. That, that, those roles and responsibilities sound very familiar. <laughs> um, so another thing that I think restaurant owners have been maybe not even realize how important it is, is the data from their guests, oh. you know, and obviously you know, you've touched on it earlier that it's sort of like an e-commerce business and obviously very important in e-commerce business to have that data. Um, but as the restaurants move forward and, you know, we've, we advance all this technology and there's going to be from a lot of different businesses that are going to be dealing with their customers, more personalized communications that are going to help businesses drive revenue. How can restaurants capture data in that guest journey online and on-premise to help build that list that they can continually market to? Yeah, it's a, it's funny in many ways, like we, we've built so many different kind of components of our guest facing technology that are each powerful in and of themselves as, you know, something that attracts people, something that engages people, something that builds efficiency. Really the long play is each of those is a touch point from which we can get customer data that goes into one place. And all of a sudden I can see, you know, Hey, this, this customer here are all the times they've made a reservation. Here are the times they've been on the wait list. Here are all the online orders. Here's everything they've ordered. Here's everything they've looked at. Here's everything they've commented on. Here's what they gave feedback on. Wow. When all of that comes into one system, which it doesn't pop menu and, and we're in early, early, early innings for this. And it's already powerful. Our, our personalized segmented automatic emails have double, triple the open and click through rates of a normal hospitality email because it's so personalized. But when there's so much, there's, there's so much further to go. And I think the best analogy is Amazon. 
Yeah. And it's just because Amazon has this whole top of funnel picture. What are you looking at? What are you searching for? What are you reading? Yeah, I don't know how much. Probably yeah, a lot. No, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I, I, a good buddy of mine works in ad sales for Amazon, and we were just uh, traveling together, and he kind of told me all this gnarly stuff. So, yeah, please. Yeah, I mean, well, why are you buying so much from them? They know what you want. They know everything about what you're looking at, what you're interested in, what you prefer. Um, they can build a preference profile for you. They can recommend, hey, people like you like things like this. It's no different for a restaurant. Yeah. And, but, yeah. but the key is the restaurateur shouldn't have to do any of that. That's got to all be on autopilot. That's just, it's too complex. It's got to be optimized all the time. Um, and that, that's really the, the direction we're going in. Well, you can't, you know, you can't really know what's going to be most motivating to somebody, whether it's to, to come in with a reservation or to order online, uh, unless you know all of this preference data, you yeah. know? And so for us, great news, super simple way to get that data you ask and so for Weird. us um we have multiple ways we have multiple ways of capturing data as i said pop menu is set up like a multi-step modern e-com funnel and as you walk through that funnel you might be looking at brunch menu lunch menu happy hour menu as you walk through those and as you look at those different dishes you have the opportunity to share them to comment mm. on them That's right. um you know to to save them and say things like Oh, I had this and I loved it, or uh, I haven't had this and I'd like to try it, things like that, where all these are signals, right? And so as soon as somebody expresses something like that or wants to give a review on a dish, we say, great, become a follower of this restaurant and we capture it automatically. Yeah. Also, when someone makes an order, you know, after that order comes through, we say, hey, give us a review because we do first party direct reviews, which is a whole other un unbelievable kind of change that happens you know, when you start getting, when you provide an easy mechanism for feedback like that, hmm. all of a sudden they the reviews on the third party platform slow down. All hmm. of a sudden you're in control and yeah. then you're able to decide, am I showing that one on my site? Cause that's a really great review. Or yeah. am I just responding to that directly because they had a bad experience? I want to take care of it. Um, so uh, we, we also, yeah, when you, when you do an order, we, we send a text and say, you know, give us a review. Um, but also just the front of house team saying, Hey, listen, we have this system. Just go to our site, leave us a review. You get entered in a contest to win, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. The truth is people don't like dealing with third parties. They prefer dealing directly. Yeah. And if you give them the opportunity to give feedback, they will also give you the opportunity to contact them. Yeah. And so we actually have, I mean, we have over 10 million. I, I want to say that's the, I want to say that's the latest number. Over 10 million followers in our database across all of our Clients. And when I say wow. our database, those are each individual for them. Those don't get shared, anything like that. That's their people, but they're in the system. And we have some clients that have tens of thousands of people in there. Well, when you wow. need some business and you have yeah. 40,000 people in there, a good targeted email, and including some of the preference data. Hey, let's just message all the people who like the veal shank because yep. it's about to go bad or we got a good deal on it. What yeah, happened? Right. Boom. LTO, you know, LQO, whatever. And, and, and then all of a sudden it's targeted. All of a sudden it's super easy. It takes one click. And, and that's the power of having that data. If, if all you're ordering is coming through the third-party platforms and all people discovering you are coming through third-party platforms, you don't have that data. You don't have the opportunity to make kind of quick hit engagement plays that get people in. Yeah. So that's a, that's a, I told you, I talk a lot, but that's a yeah. lot of words about it because it's so important and it's actually so easy that when our clients ask for the data, they get it. You know, and I know everyone's done comment cards and everything forever. Yeah. It's got to be in a system that makes it dead simple. Number one, it, it, if it's automatic, it's great. Always staying yeah. in touch with them. If it's not automatic, 
super, super, super easy to do a one-click message. The template's already made, deduping's already done, all that stuff. It's all about consistency and simplicity. It doesn't have to be super fancy campaigns. It's just like, man, show them a picture of a piece of food, give them an offer, give them an event, you're good to go. Yeah, and I think that's one thing that restaurants often overlook is, you know, they know that they do, you know, X amount of covers on, you know, Thursday night. They kind of know some of the faces on these independent restaurant owners in particular. Mm-hmm. But they, they so they kind of tend to take that for granted and they don't really remarket. They're always looking at like new customers, but remarketing to is kind of where it's at, right? I mean, that's that. And talking to my buddy who's the Amazon guy, it was, I was amazed. And it's similar to what you're talking about here. I mean, they Amazon can tell you how long you even looked at something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You, you looked at this, but then you, it, it can tell you where you hop back and forth, why, you know, it's really, I mean, scary, but I mean, I don't it's mind. A little, it, like, hey, you forgot about this. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, right. I did want to buy that. Right. It, it, it's only creepy if it's wrong, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's when it's right, it's like, man, you knew too much about me, but yeah, I, I did need that. Yeah. Thing, you know? And yeah, yeah. So I also think there's a fine line. Like, we're talking about food. Like, there's yeah. how much can we find out about you? Wow, this guy, this guy really likes chorizo. You know what I mean? Like it's there, there's there's no like the spookiness factor is is limited. Also, they kind of expect it. And then also yeah. it's it's all of a sudden a convenience. And a, an interesting thing, I mean, we have a patent on this and it's still in development, but we can take everything we know about you and dynamically reorder the menu based on whatever we want. Maybe it's you know, you're a vegetarian and we can just deprioritize all the meat dishes. Mm. Maybe, maybe you love spicy dishes and we can emphasize those or make one really huge, like true menu engineering. The key to doing that is getting all of that data, right? You can't, yeah. you can't build a preference profile with, with no data. Once you do it, well, we all see what happens on Amazon. That's why I use the analogy. Right. It's like, damn it. They didn't make me buy that thing. You know, they got me every time. Yep. yep. Every time. And yeah, that'd be great to have it work for restaurants, right? Like, I mean, that's kind of like what this, it's like upselling, right? Or they're gearing, like steering people where they want to go. And I think that's sort of the name of the game. Yeah, um, absolutely. In in regards to all this tech, obviously the phones are still around. I know yeah. a lot of restaurants are, are are still, you know, anti-phone or they're getting rid of phones. It's been a little bit of a hassle. And mm. this is when I, you know, I really saw this, the, 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 the pop menu answering thing. I was like, wow, that's genius. Cause I've experienced as a guest. I'm like, why can't I get through somebody? This is super annoying. Do you think restaurants and, you know, their guests are ready to be talking to some sort of AI as opposed to an actual human or, or what do you, what do you think about? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, I'm biased because yeah. we developed it and we see people use it and it's, it's so like, like, look, this is kind of the case with anything technology wise. It's like, would I prefer a human? Absolutely. Would yeah. I prefer a human who knows how to answer every single question can pick up every call, you know, can hear everything in a super loud environment, et cetera, et cetera. I'd love to. Human capital is the most kind of precious commodity we have in the restaurant space right now. Mm. So to have somebody that you're paying 15, 20, 25 bucks an hour to just answer the phone when people yeah. are looking for information is, is tough, but also missing opportunities for yeah. catering or reservation or, you know, private event, whatever it is, that's, that's tougher. Right. Yeah. And so, I mean, the, I think the, this is a good this is a good illustration of who Pop Menu is. First of all, we tackle super obvious stuff, which is like, hey, no one answers phones at restaurants. Yeah, but 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 also people still have to call because there's right. so many things they're trying to find out that they just can't get online, or they don't want to look for it. And so um, I, you know, I, a, a few years ago, like right before COVID, I was spending a lot of time with restaurant owners, and as I was sitting with them, I was going on these little tours 
of our, of our longstanding clients. And all of them would just stop talking to go pick up the phone, you know? And so I started to get more and more curious about, well, what is that about? And, and as I just saw it as a repeated thing, and then I started to talk to people who were even ones who were using call center operatives who've been trained to take an order in two minutes, they're still losing 20, 30 orders a night because people were waiting in the phone bank, only nine lines, this and that. And I was like, wow, this is super obviously a problem. And, and the biggest part of solving it is having the data. We have the data because we have your whole web platform. We have your integration with Google My Business. We have your whole menu. We can answer a lot of questions. Um, and so we also have a few super talented uh, machine learning masters from Georgia Tech in the mm. team. And so just toss the challenge to them. Hey, can you solve this problem? And so it took about a year of Skunk Works and then another year of putting a team on it and and um, and, and then spending time with clients, like like I mentioned. So we, we got the initial product right and it wasn't quite right until we did custom responses. So it's like making it so instead of if someone asks, do you have trivia night? making it so you could say whatever you want. Hey, not just yes, but yeah. we had the best trivia night in town. You got to come see this DJ. He's crazy. You'll That's win, you win chicken wings. You'll do this. Like when people started to be able to customize the answers, it started to really sell and people started to see it as, wow, this is an employee who shows up every single day, every hour of every day. Yeah. Answers everything exactly how I want and can <laughs> answer any, you know, volume of questions at once. Um, transcribes voicemails and makes it easy to access them. Wow. Like it's just all of these things for 47 cents an hour. That's just one of those it's and back to your question, are people ready? Yeah. Because they want a person, but if they can't get a person, they want the information. The information is what's important. And if yeah. they don't get the information, you know, our, our studies show, I think it's like 40% of people, if they call a restaurant to see if they can get a reservation and no one answers, they go to the next restaurant. Yeah. Or they're it's not going to catering order. Yeah. It's a huge chunk. Yeah. And it's also, I mean, you know, aside from that, some people, you know, still want to talk to somebody, still want to, or like feel like they're talking to somebody. And, and if you can personalize it, I mean, God, I mean, the alternative to me, and it kind of goes back to what we said earlier in regards to being flexible is what you scrambling, you know, sacrificing yeah. the hospitality or worse, not answering it or yeah. going to a voicemail that nobody checks. Right. So then that's even worse because you find out two weeks later that somebody won't have a party at 25 on a Saturday. And because you had nobody there, you missed out. So totally. Yeah. It, it, and, and this is what I find like, Anyone who despairs over can I make can I can I make a restaurant operation really efficient and, and actually like really profitable, high single digits, double digits, you can. And and the great thing about it is it's not solving one giant problem. It's taking these small inefficiencies mm. and applying some process, applying some technology. It, 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 what we just, just described, I mean, our, our clients who are using our answering product are like, yeah half of the calls coming in are reservations. We're now not missing any reservation. And also when someone's right. calling in to make a reservation and they get nobody, uh, this is something I didn't think about. So one of our owners was talking about it last week. We did a webinar and he's like, yeah, when they can't get through to somebody, then they're emailing everybody. They're messaging us. They're yeah. all over. It, and all of a sudden it's all over the place. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, it's also super inefficient like that. So I, I love yeah. how that's going. I think it's solving a real problem. We get better at it all the time. And it's also, Super important to me is like, I always think about, you know, cable company kind mm -hmm. of calling them and it's like endless number menus and all that. And I just get incredibly oh, frustrated. Yeah. This is just talking. It's just say something. It responds. It knows <laughs> hundreds of things. Wow. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have stood for it. <laughs> it was yeah, a right? bunch of menus and stuff. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I think that's definitely, you know, it's like, are you ready for it? I don't know if you're ready for it, but it's here and you should use it. You know, it's two, two kind of different conversations. I, I'm a yeah. big fan of it. I love it. Well, so just give it a shot. If it doesn't yeah. work, you, you stop. 
Yeah. Pretty, yeah. I mean, that's pretty simple, you know? Yeah. You would think, you would think, right? You, but you met some of these guys, so you know how, you know, you know what they're like. I love them though. I, yeah. It's one of the best, it's one of the best things. I mean, I, I've worked with kind of corporate buyers most of my career. There's no bullshit with restaurant owners, you know, there's just, it's for yeah. the, and, and we work with real, like we don't, there's not a lot of kind of like celebrity chefs on pop menus, real blue collar people. And yeah, sometimes they're really tough and, and I get it. It's a tough, tough business, but man, most of them just, they just want to do well. They just want to win. They want to try yeah. hard. They want to try things. And, and they've also been kind of put through the ringer by technology people. So skip skepticism is yeah. it's totally understandable. Yeah, so yeah. I actually love working with it because I find that once we earn their trust, um, it's a whole different relationship than any business relationship I've had there. There's it's real, you know, there's no, yeah. there's not a lot of corporate garbage. In no, that. yeah. There, there's no BS for sure. I mean, yeah. they want to, they want to get the job done and they have a passion for what they do. And that's, you know, the ones like you said, who are open-minded to that are, are great. For sure. Um, speaking of, of loyalty, you know, I saw that you guys had recently done another study that says that 40% of consumers, um, monthly food budgets are spent on restaurants and that they would give up, New clothes, traveling, gym memberships, Ubers, you know, Netflix, Hulu, before they would cut back on their restaurant spending. Yeah. Sounds like me. <laughs> what, what what do you what what's behind that? What do you think is driving that loyalty to restaurants? Yeah, I don't I don't want to get too I might. I might get too too kind yeah, of philosophical. <laughs> philosophical Jenny, Jenny about it. It's okay, let it rip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just think it's Man, look at the past two and a half years. They've been bonkers. It, it, whether you're in a restaurant, whether you're just, you know, doing other things, it's just been tough. It's been isolating. It's been divisive. And I just think hospitality is one of those things, especially on-prem. And, and, and the study also, I, I want to say that 45% of people are going on-prem twice a week. I might have misquoted that, but it's definitely a lot of people go twice a week on-prem. We just miss humans. <laughs> we yeah, miss, right. And there's nothing more human than hospitality. Yeah, there's nothing I've, I've always gone back and forth. Like, is it, is it making food for people and nourishing them or is it medicine? I think, I think like medicine and healthcare, that's like only when you need it, you need food every day, you know? Yeah. And so I, I just think that human interaction, I, I had a um, small business CEO kind of meeting at a super nice restaurant in Atlanta recently. And because they, it was at a super nice restaurant, I went, it's one of my favorites. And Ooh, I went, man. I went and the hospitality was so killer. Like, I was able to just have a conversation with, you know, 10, 12 people around the table and the food is outstanding. But, but even more than that, it's like, they're just taking care of you. No one's wine was, you know, it was topped yeah. up the whole time. You just feel good when you're being taken care of that way. So I, I think it's, that's not going away. And, and, and early on when, when uh, COVID started, you know, our investors, we had just done our series A round with investors from Silicon Valley and they were panicked, you know, they were like, Hey, we have data. We have data showing that like half of all restaurants are going to go away forever. And like almost busted out laughing. Like, yeah, do, you right. know what, do you know what restaurants are? They're not going away. Yeah. Cited some stats from New York after 9-11, like, uh, you know, between 9-11 and, and, and COVID, the New York restaurant industry grew like 30, 40%. Same thing mm -hmm. happened in New Orleans after, after Katrina. And I'm like, what are you talking about? This is, this is as human a business as it gets. It's 10% yep. of our workforce. Like it's not going away. And so I, I do think like, look, we'll see what's going to happen with economic uncertainty. I think I, I think the word recession is super, super big and heavy. But when you look back at the last two quarters, it's like, OK, so we had almost a, we had almost 100 percent of the previous quarter's economic activity each of the last two. Yeah, I'd prefer growth, but it's mm -hmm. also like don't act like it's a 
you know, nuclear bomb inside a tornado. Like it's, yeah. it's, let's put it in perspective. And so when we talk about it, you know, we'll, we'll see, does it get to a point where people are really, really affected? Well, I think that if, if that happens, restaurant owners are better set up than ever to pivot and, and figure out a way to, to deal with that. Agree. I mean, that's exactly what I was saying in the beginning was number one, this could not happen, you know, quote unquote, happen to a better group of people They're you know, they're, you know, when the bartender doesn't show up and the dishwasher quits because his check was short or whatever on a Saturday night, they make it happen, right? Like they make that's it the mentality of a restaurant owner. Yep. But when they were like, restaurants are going to close, like, where are people going to eat? Grocery stores. I'm like, man, are you guys that dumb? Like, how <laughs> often are you going to a restaurant just because, like, I'm really hungry and don't know what else to do? Yeah. yeah you're yeah, going yeah. there for, you're going to meet a friend. You like the yeah. banter with the bartender or celebration. You like the hospitality. It's the experience. And that's what I yeah, think. The atmosphere all around you. Always. That is, you're not getting that at home when you get. Yeah. That, that was another thing during those times. It's like, oh no, the food industry has changed forever. Restaurants change forever. Now everyone's just going to have burritos dropped in by drones. You know, and I was yeah. like, I don't want that. No, I don't want that either. I don't want, maybe, I mean, maybe on a hangover day, you know, whatever, just yeah. drop it off at the pool. But other than that, it's like, no, I, I want to go. Like I want to yeah. be there. Get me out of here. Especially too. Like I, I also think that the work from home thing, is going to help restaurants you're yeah, like yeah. Well, you know, there there's a lot of talk of the um the here in new york particularly about like midtown locations that are heavy lunch crowds right like yeah so those businesses that are built specifically for that you know they close at four o'clock once lunch is over they're done for the day maybe but what about the people who are working from home i can speak to that yeah, yeah. let's go let's get the hell out of here let's go yeah. out to dinner let's go eat out because i don't want to have a burrito Though burrito yeah. by the pool doesn't sound so bad, <laughs> but I want to go out. I want to go out and have the experience, and I think that's yeah. that's a key piece for sure. Ah, hundred percent. And guess what? We'll figure that out. Like, um, I for my first restaurant event post COVID was right before Omicron hit. Was in London last year, right at right at this time, like September, and uh, all of the talk on everybody there was just like, we're booked through the end of the year. Mm -hmm. We've got everything is booked out. Um, and, and so that was one thing It was clear. Everyone wanted to come back. Of course, Omicron ruined, ruined that. Um, but then the other thing was like, Hey, lunch, business lunch is a dead. It's just ra radically changing. And so if you're in London, I mean, it used to be business lunch every single, I, I lived there for a bit. Um, one of my co-founders lived there for a long time and it's like business lunch used to be like the thing in London. Like yeah, you go oh, out, yeah. you go out every single day. Oh yeah. Um, well now it's changed and now it's like, no one goes in Monday and Friday. And so, okay, now that turns into, into something else, you know? And so Friday now becomes a lot more, it becomes more um, tourists earlier. I'm sure New York is the same. Oh, wow. It's just in New York and it, it is similar. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, yeah, again, you, you, you adapt, you know, yeah. and you, you, you figure those things out. Maybe some of those day parts, you work with a skeleton crew, you know, and, yeah. and heavily lean on technology. And then on the, on the peak hours, you're really loading up on your staff. I mean, restaurants figure it out. And that's even more important, particularly, and I hate to say this word, but like with, with the threat of a recession, right? Like yeah. it goes back to being like able to adapt and, you know, people are going to need to eat. Maybe you can figure out some other way. Maybe it's a subscription lunch service. Maybe it's whatever mm -hmm. it is. You can figure it, figure it out. I love that. We have like five years of roadmap of, of kind of business model stuff that it's not ready yet, but those those things will make an impact for for restaurants as we go. And I know there are startups doing all kinds of subscription stuff and interesting yeah. things, but I think pulling it all together in one place and make it easy, you'll have all these different levers as a restaurant owner to pull oh, based yeah. on what's going on. Yeah, that's 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 smart. I like that analogy of levers. Okay, now let's mm -hmm. jack up the lunch thing. Let's pull this yeah. back. Yeah, that's great. So I mean, with the, with that, 
you know, this, this talk of recession, people possibly spending less. How important do you think it is for restaurants to have the technology in place to deal with whatever it is that's coming down the road? I mean, I run a restaurant technology company. I'm going to tell you it's super yeah, important. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I do think, you know, I, I can look back to who, you know, we forget when we started 2020, I think, I think the National Restaurant Association said 37% of restaurants were doing off-prem of some kind. Mm. Crazy. So yeah. low. Well, the people who were already doing off-prem, already doing online ordering, you know, already set up their operations because there, there are operational changes you have to make to be able to add that business line, right? The people who are already doing it di really didn't skip much of a beat, you know, as things got heavy. When you had to, the people who, you know, hadn't gotten there, I'm not going to say they, they waited for a catastrophe. It's like, well, who, no one knew it was coming, but the people who weren't prepared for it and then had to take weeks or months to get their kind of off-prem situation rolling, I mean, they, they suffered more, right? And so I, I, I think the lesson from, from the early parts of COVID are, you know, the lesson is don't wait for a catastrophe to do things you know are going to benefit you anyway, you know? And so I do think you, you have to know that if, if spend comes down, you have to be more and more efficient to, to make it work. Right. Yeah. And tech technology is going to be the way to do that. And when it's done right, it always reduces the cost. If you engage in a technology that isn't reducing your costs and yeah. isn't making life simpler for you, cancel it. Yeah. Right. It, ha it has to do that. But I do think this just mindset wise, restaurant owners, when you think about a recession, it's easy to look at all these articles and panic. I mean, I'm at a tech company right now. There's a lot of panic out there. There are a lot of layoffs happening. Um, we're, we're lucky that we're, you know, well positioned. We have a, a holistic approach. We're, we're not a fake, you know, fake startup that's just inflated by Silicon Valley money. And it's never going to be profitable. It's, it's a real business. Um, but you can look out and get panic. I, I do think I'm not saying embrace a recession, but I do think a, a slight recession actually can help restaurant owners a yeah. little bit. It's so overheated for on-prem. It's like a little bit less business in some places. And more importantly, a little bit of a reduction in pressure on labor. Those things might play in restaurants' favor. So mm. I, I, I would just say don't out-and-out out panic yeah. about the prospect of a recession. Know that, you know, some of those workers are going to come back mm -hmm. because that pressure, you know, people who were able to go to like, you know, a, a CX role in a funded, you know, tech company or something like that. There's already been 30,000 tech layoffs this year. It's like labor pressure is going to come down. Mm -hmm. The price of labor is going to come down a bit. If business comes down a little bit, a little bit in some places, <laughs> that all can make it so you can kind of, you know, run a more efficient operation. So I, I, I just counsel people not to get too panicked about it. It's not, it's not like it's not something to worry about. Yeah. But if you get ready for efficiency and you get ready for, you know, potential um, that, yeah. reduction in spend, man, you're going to be in a great position. That's it. Well, that's a great place to end it. I appreciate your time today, Brennan. I'm uh, I'm really glad that we were able to shed some light on some of these tech options that you guys offer and that people should be taking advantage of. Um, one that we've been putting up here on the show here is if you guys go to uh, popmenu.com backslash owners, they're going to um, give you 100 bucks off your first month and I believe also lock in some sort of pricing. So check that offer out there. Uh, Brennan, is there anything else you'd like to let these folks know before we sign off? Hey, we always lock in pricing. This, we, we, we don't really do a great job of sharing some of our small business friendly practices, but like whatever price you come in on, 
you you stay there as long as you're on that product level. We have people who've been with us five years and they're still 89 bucks a month, but they have all the feature functionality of people who are now on our current pricing. Mm. So yeah, we we do. I, I would just say, listen, give it a shot. Give yep. us a demo. We're not we're not super pushy, you know. And and I think my favorite thing to see as a product person is when restaurants when restaurateurs who did not want to have the conversation yeah. see the product and they go, whoa, okay, this is different. Yeah, that that's the that's the thing that makes me happy is that that. That's number two to the thing actually works and helps your business. It helps you attract more people. It helps you engage more people. It gives you simplicity and control back that this crazy digital world have taken from you. Like that, that's number one. Number two is when you see it and you're like, okay, this is worth the time. I've never had somebody say, you know, I don't really get it. This wasn't worth the time. And so just give it a shot. I, yeah, I, I guarantee no. you won't, you won't find it a waste of time. So really appreciate meeting you and talking couple Thank strong, you. strong island fellas talking yeah restaurant let me back. know next time you're up in the wood like this neck of the woods we can go to uh, get some hospitality at a new york city restaurant that's not like a great idea <laughs> <laughs> all right guys thank you so much guys check it out uh popmenu.com backslash owners 100 bucks off your first month and uh yeah be open-minded and you might just uh put in some real efficiencies in your business that you didn't even realize you were missing thanks guys thank you All right, guys, that is a wrap on this episode. Brendan Sweeney, co-founder and CEO of PopMenu. Do not forget to head over to popmenu.com slash owners. Get your 100 bucks off a month. Get your locked-in rate and implement PopMenu answering so you can get those sales at this time when we can all use them. You do not want to be missing out on dollars on the other end of that phone line. So popmenu.com slash owners. Have a great weekend, guys.